Hello, and welcome to the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast. This is one of your co-hosts, Peter Bell, and we are on Catechism, now called Saturday, Lord's Day number 25. And real quick, before we start this episode, if you guys have not yet listened to Dr. G.K. Beale on all millennialism or Dr. Erwin Ince on the beautiful community, please go listen to those two podcasts. One about eschatology, how the reformed view and understand eschatology, and the other one on diversity and community and how the Trinity informs understanding of the church. So please listen to those and we will get started on this episode. So we are covering question answers 65 through 68. 65 is a little bit shorter, 66 is a little bit longer, 67 is about medium, and 68 is very short. So let's get on with it. Question answer 65. Since then, faith alone makes us share in Christ and all his benefits. Where does this faith come from? Answer, from the Holy Spirit, who works it in our hearts by the preaching of the gospel and strengthens it by the use of the sacraments. And here's Ursinus' exposition. He, lays, he says, this question points us to the connection which holds between the doctrine of faith and the sacraments. It's a beautiful connection between faith and the sacraments. It's, I think it's been lost in a lot of churches, and the Reformed church, Reformed community has really upheld this. He says, the Holy Ghost works faith in our hearts by the preaching of the gospel and cherishes, confirms, and seals it by the use of the sacraments. Whatever the word promises concerning our salvation through Christ, that the sacraments as signs and seals annexed thereto confirm unto us more and more for the purpose of helping our infirmity. So all he's saying is they're there for us and to confirm our faith and to help us in our faith. And he says, it is proper, therefore, that we should now speak of the sacraments, the seals of faith appended to the gospel. So the next question, question answer 66. What are the sacraments? Answer, the sacraments are holy, visible signs and seals. They are instituted by God so that by their use, he might the more fully declare and seal to us the promise of the gospel. And this is the promise, that God graciously grants us forgiveness of sins and everlasting life because of the one sacrifice of Christ accomplished on the cross. And here's his exposition. He lines out 11 questions that he will answer throughout this catechism Q&A. So his first question, what are the sacraments? He says sacraments are rites or ceremonies instituted by God to the end that they may be signs of the covenant or of God's goodwill towards us and of the obligation of the church to repentance and faith and that they may be marks by which the true church may be known and distinguished from all other religions. And the second question, what are the ends of the sacraments? It says the principal end of the sacraments is embodied in the definition which we have given, in which it is said that they are signs of the covenants and of God's goodwill towards us. Another end of the sacraments is the profession and acknowledgement of our gratitude and duty to God or to bind us to maintain our faith and a good conscience. The sacraments serve as marks 
by which the true church is distinguished from all the various sects. The sacraments contribute to the preservation and propagation of the doctrine of the gospel, inasmuch as God always accompanies the use of the sacraments with the word and its application. The sacraments are bonds of mutual love. Those who have entered into a league with Christ, the head of the church, ought not to be at variance with each other. Then he moves on to the third question. It what do the sacraments differ from sacrifices? They can kind of sound like sacrifices. How do they differ from sacrifices? Sacraments are nothing more than ceremonies testimony, test, testifying to us the will of God, while sacrifices may be ceremonies and moral works. As are sacrifices of thanksgiving, praise, gratitude, alms, etc., are moral works by which we render unto God, without any ceremony, the obedience and honor due him. In the sacraments, God offers to us his benefits. Sacrifices, on the other hand, are evidences of our obedience to God. His fourth question, what have the sacraments in common with the word, and in what do they differ from it? Ursina simply says this question will be taken up in the next Q&A. So he moves on to the fifth question. And what do the sacraments of the Old and New Testament agree and differ? This is a huge question. They agree in having God for their author and in the things signified. For the sacraments, both of the Old and New Testament, signify, promise, and offer the same blessings. The forgiveness of sins and the gifts of the Holy Ghost through Christ alone. Ursinus then quotes Hebrews 13, 8, 1 Corinthians 1, 2 through 4, Colossians 2, 11, and 1 Corinthians 5, 7. It follows, therefore, that the fathers who lived under the Old Testament had the same communion with Christ which we also have. And that is, this was signified no less to them by the word and sacraments than it is now to us under the new covenant. They differ in rites and ceremonies, in number now being more simple, in their signification, Old Testament had Christ to come, New Testament has Christ having come. In duration, Old Testament points towards the Messiah, New Testament towards and in and towards the consummation. The Old Testament sacraments binding to the Jews alone, New Testament binding upon all who believe. In clearness, the Old Testament was more obscure. The New Testament is now clear in Christ. Sixth question, what are the signs and what the things signified in the sacraments and what did they differ? In every sacrament, there are two things, the sign and the thing signified. The sign includes the element which is used together with the whole external transaction. The thing signified is Christ with all his benefits, or it is a communion and participation of Christ and his benefits. They differ in substance. Signs are material, things signified are spiritual. In the mode received, signs are received physically, things signified by faith. And their end or use, signs received for purpose of sealing or confirming faith and promise. Things signified are absolutely essential for salvation. Think Christ is the one signified. He's essential 
for salvation and signs pointing to Christ are not absolutely necessary at all. Signs are different in different sacraments. Things signified are same in all sacraments. Seventh question, what is the union between the signs and the things signified, which we call sacramental? None but those who have faith receive from the minister of the signs, and from Christ the things signified. And when they thus receive both in their proper use, we have what is called the sacramental union. Eighth question, what are the forms of speech which the scriptures and the church use in relation to the sacraments? The form of speech is figurative or sacramental. A sacramental form of speech is that in which the name or property of the sign is attributed to the thing signified, or in which the name or property of the thing signified is attributed to the sign. And the sense which it conveys is, not that the one is changed into the other, but the sign represents and seals that which is signified. Ninth question. What is the lawful use of the sacraments? The sacraments are used lawfully when the faithful or such as are converted observe the rites which God has instituted as signs of grace and pledges of his will to them. Tenth question, what do the ungodly receive in the use of the sacraments? They receive nothing more than the naked signs, and these are their own judgment and condemnation. The benefits of Christ are received only the proper use of the sacraments, because they promise nothing to those with no faith. For only those who are in union with Christ receive the spiritual benefits of Christ through the sacraments. And the eleventh question, how many sacraments belong to the New Testament? And again, Ursinus says he will answer this question in Q&A 68. So next question, question number 67. Are both the word and the sacraments then intended to focus our faith on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross as the only ground of our salvation? Answer, yes, indeed. The Holy Spirit teaches us in the gospel and assures us by the sacraments that our entire salvation rests on Christ's one sacrifice for us on the cross. In his exposition, the sacraments have certain things in common with the word, and certain things, again, which are different from the word, they agree in the following particulars. Both have God for their author. God administers and dispenses both by the minister of the church. And this is a big distinction, especially kind of the year we just went through with COVID and at-home services when people are taking communion on their own. Ursina says, and the Bible says, as he is explaining the Bible, the sacraments are only administered by a faithful and ordained minister of the church. Both are means through which the Holy Ghost kindles and strengthens faith in us to confirm and strengthen our faith. God declares his will in both. He offers the same blessings, the same grace, and the same Christ in both. Nor does he exhibit or confirm anything by the sacraments different from what he promises in his word. And here's where they differ. According to their nature and their objects, the word is that which through the Holy Ghost commences and confirms faith in us, and for this reason should go before the sacraments. So the preaching of the word, the proclamation of the gospel should precede, should be before the sacraments. The word is preached only to adults, 
Some of the sacraments include infants also, baptism, among their subjects as circumcision and baptism. The word is sufficient and necessary for the salvation of adults. When he says adults, he usually means converts of the faith, those who have professed faith, those who have taken the Lord's Supper, those who have been baptized into the church. The word may be without the sacraments as it respects both its public and private exposition, and it may be effectual, also independent of the sacraments. The sacraments are not effectual outside of the word, but the word is effectual outside of the sacraments. They only point to the word. The word is that which is confirmed by the signs which are used. The sacraments are the things which the word is confirmed. And as Augustine said, a sacrament is a visible word. A visible manifestation of the gospel. Last question answer, 68. How many sacraments has Christ instituted in the new covenant? Two. Holy baptism and the Holy Supper. And so Rosina says this in a very, very specific way. And, it, and he's defending this against a very, very specific opponent. The historic Protestant and truly Catholic Church have only two sacraments, whereas the Papists, which is Arsinus's word for Roman Catholics, have seven. Arsinus then goes on to a longer explanation of why we have two, and it boils down to this. They are the only explicitly described in Holy Scripture. Baptism confirms an infant or a new believer into the visible local church, an infant of two believing parents. We'll get into this later on. And those who don't have believing parents or come to the church on their own, that is where baptism happens as well. It is a sign of our inclusion in the body of Christ himself. Baptism in the New Testament is what circumcision is to the Old Testament. The Lord's Supper is the, quote, visible word, as Augustine said, the visible representation of Christ and his sacrifice on behalf of us sinners. It alone has a curse sanction. Paul places a curse on anybody who takes the Lord's Supper in vain or outside of faith. He does not do this with baptism. I think it's a very specific reason why he does not do it. It's because those who are infants of two believing parents are baptized into the church not with a confession of faith, but as a visible manifestation of their inclusion, their membership into the local church. Baptism, again, does not have this. And what Ursinus does is the next question answers tonight, which we'll get to next Saturday, goes over baptism. So he's giving you guys an explanation of what the two sacraments are why these two sacraments are the only two sacraments, how Christ is signified in these sacraments. So I hope you guys enjoyed Lord's Day, Catechism number 25, Catechism Saturday. I hope you guys tune in next week. Monday we have Dr. Darian Lockett, who is an expert on what he calls the Catholic epistles, which is you can just think of the general epistles, Jude, Hebrews, 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, James, he talks about those fairly neglected letters, what they mean, how they give us doctrine, how they introduce us to a fuller expression of who Christ is and what he's done for us. And then next Thursday, our next book club, we have Dr. Brendan Crow on his new book, The Path of Faith from IVP Academic. So we hope you guys join us next week on the Great Gratitude Podcast. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast, where we bridge the gap to reformed theological truth. Please subscribe to us on your podcast catcher, review us, give us five stars, help others find this podcast through your review. Find us on Instagram and Twitter if you want to follow us there. Keep up with our updates and who we're interviewing next and a couple quotes that you guys might find really enriching. We hope to see you guys next week.